You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. I know I shouldn't let a simple Pac-Man perturb me. However, he is from Terrace, where the prophecies originated. If anyone could spot a fraud, would it not be he? Nevertheless, I continue my trek, where the scribbled auguries claim that I will meet my destiny, walking, feeling Rashek's eyes on my back, jealous, mocking, hating. Chapter 12. Okay. Last chapter was pretty quick. It Indeed. was a pretty short one. We got some good insights, and you pointed out a lot of really good information that we were able to notice on our second read-through. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty cool. So chapter 12 opens up with Vin in her nice, fluffy... Frilly dress. Yeah, dra- her gown, right? Mm-hmm. And she's dressing and trying to learn how to make a statement with her clothes because this is her first trip to a nobleman's ball. And they're going to keep Venture. Ooh, the big house. Indeed. Well, they travel. She she gets into the carriage. They're traveling. Kelsier lands on it, which, by the way, pretty uh, pretty rude way to just show up. <laughs> she freaks out because she's, like, trying to figure out what happened. Kelsier lands on top, and he's just there to mess with her. Mm-hmm. You, know, get, get, you know, gives her a bit of a pep talk, though, because Vin tries one last time to get out of what she's doing. She goes, do you really need me to do this? Is there any other way we can do this? And Kelsier's like, nah. There's no other way. I mean, he goes, yeah, we could. We could go without this. But, like, just to let you know, the plan will be significantly hindered without the information you're going to be able to get for us. Right. And so Vin, of course, uh, agrees. But she doesn't agree necessarily because, or she doesn't want to do it necessarily because Kelsier's right. She wants to do it because she's starting to feel something she's never felt before, something that Reen has never allowed her to feel before. Camaraderie. She's actually starting to like everyone in this crew, and she's, is, she doesn't believe it yet, but she's desperately trying to, like, saying, like, give me a reason, you know, give me more reasons, because they've already given her several, but give me more reasons on why y'all are different than everyone else, because I want to believe y'all can trust each other. So that's her ultimate reason for being here at this point. She she wants it to be true so badly. She wants to be able to trust other people around her. Okay. She arrives. Seiza does a pretty good job of showing her the ropes. You know, he, she went through pretty extensive training with Seiza from what we've heard. And he does a great job of standing near her, always telling her, hey, if she messes something up small, he goes, correct your posture here, you know, walk through here. You need to sit down and eat. And he, he even tells her something that scares, the, scares the, the snot out of her, right? Which is, hey, you better eat slowly because after you're done eating, all the single boys are going to come up and try to ask you to dance and basically try to shoot their shot. And this, this you know, up, we know Vin up to this point. <laughs> it terrifies her that, that this is even a possibility. Um, but the thing here that I think was really cool is Vin's initial instincts kick in. She wants to hide. She wants to find some corner. She even talks about, I wish she wishes she could just shoot off and slip into the mist. Good thing she doesn't. Like we mentioned in our last chapter, these powers, 
she needs to reel back in on those instincts a little bit, a little bit. Um, they're good when you're on the street but here they're just going to give her away she needs to sit into her natural stuff and that's what but, she does yeah i mean yeah she does and she in fact she does this cool little trick in her head where she kind of like she she kind of like i don't want to say lies to herself but convinces herself these people aren't looking at me they're looking at the facade i'm putting forward which means i am hidden vin is hidden it's the ska equivalent of uh, imagining them in their underwear. Yeah, <laughs> Vin Vin is hidden. Lady Renew is is out, and that helps her calm down. She she says, "I'm hiding in plain sight." Well, well, another thing she noticed was that here at the party, the obligators are watching the noblemen, like the taskmasters watch the ska. That's what she feels, which is very showing. We saw that in the in the prologue we saw that this guy this nobleman lord trusting was bending over backwards to make this obligator like him and a little bit later in this chapter we kind of figure out why uh they they, they, they need the obligators to like them so much the noblemen do but she notices that and she kind of has this inner monologue where she talks about how she believes that the 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 that the lord ruler's religion is a hoax she's like there is no such thing as the deepness there's it was probably made up. It's not real. It was just something that was said to consolidate power after the Lord Ruler took it. But she can't help but believe in it more and believe it's true when she sees the the, the massive like windows and I don't know what are they called again? Essentially stained glass. It's yeah, it's, it's stained like. glass. I want to say there's a word that I'm just I'm forgetting words today. It's bad. Indeed. Um, but yeah, the stained glass windows, she she sees the images. She goes, it almost makes me want to believe that this is true with like how beautiful and how kind of forthright and in your face they are. But nonetheless, uh, she goes and sits down. She gets her food. She's talking to Sazed. Sazed gives her the quick warning. And he's like, yeah, you know, just casually drops in there, just casually drops in there. People go to balls basically every night. You know, we're probably going to have you going to two or three a week. And she, she's like, oh, this isn't like a once a month thing that I'm going to have to do. You're, I'm going to have to do this two to three days a week. And what's kind of funny is I think we see a little bit of Lady Renew come in here because she freaks out and goes, I'm going to need more dresses. I'm going to need more gowns. Yeah. And, and, and this is not Vin. Yeah. <laughs> this is not Vin talking um, at this point. But uh, yeah, I think Sazed even gives her a little bit of a laugh there. Like, oh, look at you. Look at you. You're already a proper noblewoman. Yep, you're already a proper noblewoman. Well, Sazed asks her to re- to release him after she's done eating because he has his own meal to go to. And he stresses that this is important because the servants talk just as much as the noblemen. And so he needs to get in there and do his, his spy business. And he leaves. And Vin notices with her tin that there are two noblemen talking about some sort of contract, basically some sort of deal. And they both agree, and they turn and look at an obligator, and the obligator says, I've witnessed this, and they pay him. And there it is. These guys have the ability to officiate the deals. They are the ones you essentially have to go through legally. They're like, like it was mentioned in the program, they're the bureaucrats The bureaucrats, here. yeah. And so that's why they're so important. That's why they're there watching, you know. Vin, Vin thinks... This is another way that the Lord Ruler just says, my influence extends everywhere, including to the noblemen. And it's his way of keeping them in check. 
then goes ahead and turns down everyone who comes to talk with her at the ball. You know, she does it in a very respectful way to a very good way that says it says, you know, she mentions that she's just flustered and that she needs, you know, this is her first ball. She needs time. And then it says, can I dance with you next time? And they agree and they take, take her up on it. So she has to learn to dance now because <laughs> next time she comes, she has to be ready. But Vin starts to get bored. She's just sitting there now. She is trying her best to use her 10. She's getting better at it. We, we see another major setback for 10 here. She's like, man, I want to hear what that's, what's happening at that table. Oh no, I hear what's happening at every table at once. And so she has to learn how to focus in and pull the voices out that she wants to hear and try to focus on them. But something catches her, catches her off guard and throws her off a bit. Vin sees her father. An dun, obligator. Dun, dun. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> we'll, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll post credits that in. Um, but yeah, you see, Vin sees her father. And she knows it because Reen specifically said, I want, I need you to see his face. She doesn't know why, but Reen said, you need to see his face. You need to know who this is. And she listened and she memorized it. That is her dad. Her, her father is an obligator here in the venture household, at least for this, for the venture keep for this party. So Vin is trying to decide what, what she's going to do. And he goes, well, let's, Go ahead and run upstairs really fast. There's a balcony that we can overwatch everything from. I'm going to go ahead and do that. She asks a servant. She goes up there and she meets a very interesting nobleman. Up to this point, they've been very, very proper. This guy basically comes back and goes, you stole my spot. And she's like, no, I didn't. He's like, yeah, you did. In fact, how about you just scoot over? I'm going to go ahead and go ahead. You know, a proper gentleman would go find a new spot. But that isn't me. Scoot over and tries to take the spot and just goes about reading. We see another piece of Lady Renew here, I think, because Vin starts describing how she's actually annoyed that this, this guy, everyone else gave her attention. What? Why isn't this guy giving her attention? And she learns his name's Ellen. She tries to keep baiting him into talking to her. It's like she can't stand the fact that he's reading and ignoring her. And she tries to bait him in, and they have a conversation. He, you know, has some witty, you know, wordplay and they just banter back and forth and he eventually checkmates her by saying like well then you want to dance and she's like uh, no and he's like okay well then since we're not going to dance i've been as much of a gentleman as i can be and he goes oh look your uh your tara stewart's looking for you and vin like loses it goes oh gosh okay bye and just leaves she points out who she is talking to to sazed and you see sazed get visibly worried and goes oh that's Ellen Venture. The, the the heir to the Venture household. And Vin's like, so what? He's, he's not impressive. And they leave. And um, that's where we're left with Sazed hurrying her out, freaking out. And she's just like, I don't know why he's freaking out. Like this, this guy's like a little, like a little frat boy. Well, what's funny is that uh, also Ellen spent a good amount of time criticizing House Venture uh, for, oh, yeah. they always got to outshine everyone. They always got to throw the biggest parties and they have to run their servants ragged and then they have to like beat them or yell at them all, you know, when, when they got to get everything taken care of within like 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, with that, with that ending, you know, where the chapter ends, let's, let's go ahead and go in on that because that was something big here. This guy, he's supposedly the heir to the household, yet 
he really criticizes them. He's very critical of his own house. Well, you know, he seems like the he acts like a lot like the black sheep. Uh, he's um, comes in and he's just kind of like thumbing his nose at the whole th- you know idea of being at a ball. He's there because he think he basically seems like he has to be there, but he'd be preferred to be doing other things. Um, and there were a couple of uh, not so subtle hints. I mean, let's be honest. He negs Ven um and uh tries to do, do the dentist system or whatever and then um then uh he mentions that oh by the way i i saw that um you turned down three other guys so obviously you don't want to dance and Ven was like excuse me it was four <laughs> yeah like she he was keeping an eye on her he was keeping an eye he on saw her. her and the thing that's interesting like i said is like is this Ven or is this lady renew because like Again, she comes in, she's worried about the dresses. That's not Vin. Yeah. You know, she comes in, she's annoyed that he's not recognized, or like he doesn't, you know, put forth effort at least to acknowledge she's there. That doesn't seem very Vin-like. In fact, it's the opposite. Vin's like, it's better if I'm not noticed. Yet she's like wanting the attention here. And then even bigger than that, like you mentioned, she gets annoyed at the fact that he doesn't even, he tries to, whether it was intentional or not, he downplays how much attention she's been getting and she gets annoyed by that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a fun little exchange. Um, and he, it's going to be interesting to kind of follow him up because we, we know we're going to see, you know, him and probably likely many of the other people who, who have come up to ask Finn to dance and says it, you know, gets very flustered, which is Funny because we haven't seen him get flustered by anything, including yeah. dead bodies everywhere. Yeah, not up to this point. This is the first time, and he shook. Um, you know, so this is this is a pretty significant development, even though Ven doesn't have any idea what's going on. Uh, what I thought was interesting is Ven sees her father and kind of just takes it in stride. Yeah, like it throws her off to see him, and then once she like re- like registers in her brain, it's just like, oh yeah, that's him. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be become something more significant later. But it's just like, okay, there, you know, these of all these obligators. But here's my high praline father. Um, but what was really interesting to me was when he was talking about the deepness. Um, we you know he, she was talking about like, oh, these are really religious uh, depictions. Yeah. So that's why I think it's like you know like stained glass, and that's why it was lit from the outside. Depictions. That was the word. Yeah, 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 and it, um, they were talking about. She's like, "Why does the why is the deepness always portrayed as like this formless, mysterious mass? Why don't they just show whatever it was?" And that's why she's like, I, "That's why I think it's kind of like a scam because we don't ever see whatever this is. It's just some. It's just black, right?" She's like, "I think she said, oh, it's a black that's trying to overtake things, but it's like a violet purple. Like that's the black of stained glass, is what she said." Yeah, yeah. She yeah. says, "Yeah, but why? Like you mentioned, why is it just formless? You know." It seems a lot like this is a scam because they want people to, you know, maybe see whatever they they think the deepness is in their own heads rather than giving it a form. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this, what, you know, what the details of this religion are, because I, you know, it seems like that's kind of be their story of the Lord Ruler, which, you know, we're hearing this, you know, these ep- epigraphs, we're likely getting some pieces of it. I was going to say, and if the epigraphs are to be believed, like... Vin's wrong here. There this, was a deepness. There was a deepness that had to be conquered. So, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of see how, where that goes off. 
Um, the other thing is, uh, Kelsier drops about like, you know, when he's trying to set up the great houses, he's saying, you know, we need to know who's paying attention to you because if they're paying attention to you, that means they're paying attention to renew. And that means they want weapons. Yeah. And if they want weapons, they're talking about starting a war. And he said the last great house war was devastating. So, I mean, we're looking at like, this is not just going to be a, you know, um, Man, I, I forgot what the, this is not going to be like a family feud where <laughs> where people are just like popping shots across each other. This is going to be like a huge thing. Yeah. And he mentions, you know, kind of like one of the finger quotes plot holes you might think about, like, well, why don't you just use, you know, informants? Why don't you just use servants? Why don't you just do all these other things? And he says, well, we could use informants, but informants work both ways. And th- just mm-hmm. them knowing that we're using them is going to be information that they could sell yeah. to someone else. Exactly. You know, what, you know, oh, this person represents Lord Renew or is asking about Lord Renew or whatever. You know, you might not say what you want or you might not be giving away necessarily what, you know, Lord Renew's thoughts are. But the fact that you're asking questions for them, that in itself is useful information for any houses that want to know who's asking about me. And the other thing is, is uh, they, he mentions like these these aristocrats. They're not stupid. They know to have secret conversations away from all eyes and ears. And so, like servants aren't going to be exceptionally useful either. Um, but I, I think what the, the most interesting, or not the most interesting, one of the more interesting things was talking about Vin in the very beginning of the chapter. Says that between the boxings and the jewelry, the, basically the stuff that she has, she could eat for decades. And you got to imagine, like, for someone like her, especially as distrustful as she is, especially, especially with everything that's gone on in her life, how tempting it would be to just bail. I mean, imagine if you right now could be like, man, these people might betray me because I've been betrayed my whole life. Um, they could, I could end up dead. I could end up all these other things, or I could take what's been given to me and I could leave here and basically never have to work again. That's pretty tempting. I don't care who you are. No. Yeah, it is. Um, she even got a nice reminder of what's waiting for her at the other end if they get caught with the stool inquisitors visit to Cayman's lair. So, I mean, you know, she's looking, she's looking down the barrel of a gun, you know, with this whole plan. And she still goes along with it because, you know, it's actually something that's more interesting for her. Um, I mean, it says a lot about her character, in my opinion, right? She's been essentially abused and betrayed by every single person close to her, including her own mother, right? And so, you know, this might be the only thing she really wants at this point is to not be alone. And this group is showing that they might be okay, they might actually care about each other. So it kind of makes me wonder, you know, with with this guy, Ellen, you know, he shows her attention. She starts getting attached. Is that going to become a problem? Because we already know Sazed's really shook up. So something's going to probably develop here. Yeah. And next chapter, we're going to get a little bit more insight on what Vin thinks about Ellen. Hey, guys, Vod here. Thanks for listening to the Antos podcast. You'll start to see regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14th, 2022. And if you'd really like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments, because that's what the algorithm craves. If you're listening on the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you want to really give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon, because I really need to better my hands.